Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. We really hope we'll see you there. Hello, is it just me? Or is it, is it you two? Is it all of us? Is it me you're looking for? Um, hello, how are you doing? I sounded so scared and so desperate. Um, good, I've got, I've got a very annoying dog on my knee, but she just can't make up her mind. Anyway, I've got an embarrassing story to kick us off. Dear glorious podcast gals, love that. Oh my God, love that. Maybe we could rebrand. Maybe we could. We probably won't. Glorious podcast gals. Thank you for the joy that is the pod. It brightens my days and has taught me so much. So I have, <laughs> which I am always dubious um, about. I'm like, oh God, what's it taught you? <laughs> <laughs> Margaret Atwood's dead and plastics, a very new phenomenon. <laughs> so I have another embarrassing story for you. Yes, that's right. I am a repeat sharer of my humiliation. Love it. Love that. Another um, one. We love repeat offenders. Last <laughs> week, I had the most horrendous drive to work. A journey that normally takes me 35 minutes took over two hours, an hour oh, of which no. I was stationary on the motorway. Oh, that's awful. Oh my God, I hate that so much. I had my two children under four in the car and only a limited supply of snacks, danger. Oh God. But we made it without too many tears and drama. So imagine my surprise when this was not the worst thing to happen to me while driving that day. On the way home, I was sat at a big roundabout, minding my own business and not making eye contact with any other commuters because I may have been sat across two lanes because there was no space for me in my desired lane and I was cheekily squeezing my way in. <gasps> I could never. <laughs> Just no judgment, but I could never. She's me. She's you. <sighs> Just as the lights changed, I heard a cheerful ding and my boot opened on the roundabout. I had the car keys in my pocket and must have managed to press the button on the key. Oh, no. Boot open mid-traffic panic. I swore loudly. I was now sat in the middle of the lanes with my boot open and cars coming past me, mortified. Oh, my God. I had no choice but to creep around to the next set of lights. I couldn't accelerate in case the buggy, yeah, that thing on wheels that loves to move when you move, slid out the boot. I made it to the lights, which were thankfully red, and I was able to get out and shit it, continuing... I shit it. And I was able to get out and shut it, continuing to avoid eye contact and flee the scene, leaving my dignity, if not my buggy, on the roundabout. Needless to say, the day... That day the roads won. Bless her! Why is that so embarrassing? Very embarrassing. Very, very, it, very it embarrassing. If she'd have been following the letter of the law and driving like a very good and conscientious citizen, it still would have been embarrassing. It doesn't matter what lane you're in. It doesn't matter any... like. It's like, oh, it's just anything doing what it's not supposed to do is just so embarrassing. So like, embarrassing. It's like your umbrella going inside out, your boot opening, like so having a bit of stuff yeah. on your shoe. It's like, oh God, why can't things just just work? <laughs> As they should. But this is also, not to bring us down, but this has also unlocked a new anxiety for me because the dog's, I put the dog in the boot. 
God. People put their dogs in the boot. What if the boot just opens? She'd just go out. She'd just, she'd fly out. She wouldn't fly out. She's smart. She would. She'd... She's not oh, smart. No. Al, have you ever tried to pick Betty up when she doesn't want to go somewhere? They make themselves like lead. There's no way. Like, Boo can make herself weigh like 45 kilograms if, I, if she gets to the groomer. She's like, gunk, dead weight. It's like a tree. Like an, That's out, a like an oak. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, they'd be fine. She's not the cleverest, though, so I don't, I don't quite trust her, but... Well, yeah, she might they, jump. Well. Yeah. As we know, she's a depressing life. <laughs> she might exactly. just think, fuck it, I'm <laughs> She's probably opened the boot from the inside. She's like, get me away from this fucking woman. can't do this anymore. Take me, put me back in that plastic bag in oh, Cyprus on the away. side of the yeah, road. This is, yeah. this is where I belong. Excellent. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, we we laugh. Um, I, hate, I I hate seeing things like quite often you see people driving around London with their boots open. Like if you've got something, you? oh my God, all the time. Yeah, like I've I always think people that. like moving houses. Like if you've put something in the boot and then like I I just I admire people's confidence so much, and I feel like it's something that would have happened more in the sixties before like electric boots. But you, I quite often see people who've like overstuffed their boots, but then they can't close it, so they get like a piece of string and like tie oh, or like a yes. jump cable or whatever just to like stop yeah. it. Like, from, yeah. and I'm like, like, imagine being that kind of confident. I I know. I, I know, yeah. I I don't really don't understand that. Are they, do these people just not know what anxiety is? I know, I know. And like, there are people out there that just do stuff. Like, just to have, they just think about it once. Um, I know, I know. I, I, I really feel like Dave are. knows what anxiety is. Can you ask him if he'd drive with his, if he'd drive with the boot open? Right, okay, Dave. If you had to put stuff your boot full, and it wouldn't quite close because you put had too much stuff in there, and you, you know how you see people that attach strings, yeah, or like jump rope. It's not jump rope, but I don't know what you mean. Well, yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. pick a pull by the straws. Would you, would you do that? Uh, if it meant I could get from A to B without having to fan it on, yeah. Yeah, so he doesn't know what anxiety is. No. <laughs> well, if you put the thing on, you only do it when you've got a suitable load in the back. Like, if it's stuff that's just going to fly out, well, of course not. Oh. Yeah, well, obviously, we're not idiots, but you're putting a lot of faith in the fucking not a jump rope, aren't you? Honestly, sometimes that man. Honestly, I talk about mansplain. <laughs> Dave's the original mansplain. He really is. Yeah, Alex doesn't have anxiety. Like, we have a street WhatsApp group, and he'll just put something in there, like no drama. Oh no! I would, I would oh, think God. about it. I would, th- I would think about it so much. Yeah. Hey guys, no. does anyone like we need an electrician? And I, I'd be like, Hey guys, does anyone need, know an electrician? And then they'd be like, Do I put kisses? Also, is guys a bit matey? Hi everyone. No, not everyone. Yeah. Because not everyone's going to be listening, and it's a bit presumptuous to assume that everybody is listening to me. So I wouldn't say that. So just be like, Hi, does anyone know an electrician? Not polite enough. It's you, just... you've forgotten it's imperative to add no worries if not of course <laughs> and also I feel like I'd have to explain why I need an electrician and I'd have to be like the last guy yeah. wasn't very good lol <laughs> but then it's like no because what if someone <laughs> knows him and then I can't do that so it's just too much so I, just can't, I can't so anyway, and you I, can't I make a joke no because they you know? don't land well like I've been I don't, I don't know what I was going to say I've been masturbating too much and I've used all the electricity oh. for all my toys 
you can't make that joke. But there no, are jokes no, no, no. in between that one and this one. Probably, probably. <laughs> we could strike a balance. Hi, um, everyone. I've been masturbating so aggressively that we have no <laughs> power left in the house. Does anybody know anybody that can fix it? We have quite literally run out of electricity, which is not a thing, by the way. <laughs> no, no worries if not. <laughs> to send that in the street group you know what the good news is for me is that i'm not in it i didn't want to be in it because I, I i get too overwhelmed so i'd have to do it from alex's number <laughs> i'll do it from alex's phone just for fun oh, please, please that might give him some anxiety oh god i didn't tell you what he did um i think i told you personally but i didn't tell oh, the listeners yeah. i think this is one of the only times alex has a, a bit of anxiety he um we're a bit tired obviously because we have a new baby and he was on the loo and he was texting our friend whose baby had gone to hospital and he saw it on her close friend's story that her baby had gone to hospital and he texted her and he was like hi oh my god i've just seen your baby is in hospital he didn't say your baby he said the baby's name he said i've just seen that your baby's in hospital and then he sat there and he thought oh my god that's not the baby's name <laughs> and then he was like no that's that's not the baby's what no that's not the baby's name why would he call it? that's not the baby that's not what the baby's called so then he said another one saying lol and <laughs> then he realized that it was the baby's name so all he sent was hi i'm so sorry i've just seen that your baby's in hospital lol <laughs> and then thought i can't keep digging i just have to end this now so he didn't say anything else and she replied bless her to the hospital bit and completely ignored the lol and it hasn't come up but lol <laughs> i think he's gonna be like lol don't know why i called you baby that's not the name but it was their name he just fucked it he absolutely fucked it <laughs> he absolutely fucked it but th- he could have deleted the lol I know. I know. I, I feel like that would have been the best way to go in this situation. He went through a really bad week of like tiredness where <laughs> it was like his just cognitive function just sort of fused. It just sort of stopped. He just sort of stopped functioning at like a hundred. And he was still kind of with me, but like he cooked dinner one night and then he tripped up the step. We've got oh. a little step into our sitting room and he tripped up the step and all his food just went everywhere. Oh. <laughs> and then the next day was was the was the lull and we just and then and then he was putting Arlo into bed and he whacked his head on the wall. It was just oh, like it's like you need a good night's sleep. So then he went he had a, he, we put him to bed, let him have a full oh, night because it just good. wasn't quite functioning properly that's the problem about being a very high functioning well functioning like well-oiled machine is when you start to malfunction it's very obvious to the people around you i think the trick is to just sort of be have a general air of chaos about you and then when things start to go a bit wrong no one really notices we've got that nailed then that's all right we'll be fine (laughs) that's why everyone thinks i'm doing so well at motherhood i'm like no i was just a mess before (laughs) at least now you expect it okay i have a i've got a question from the email from the email inbox first of all i have to say i've loved the podcast from day one and i send it to everyone when i get the chance that's 
thank you. And that's why she has so many restraining orders against her. So to start, that's why she's writing to us from jail. Um, To start my question, I grew up in an abstinence until marriage. Pretend nobody had sad sex Catholic home. I didn't stick to that mentality or religion, but did hold on to the shame and guilt of female pleasure for years. This is quite apt now with the, I've just run out of electricity in the house because I've masturbated so much. So much so that I actually didn't buy my first sex toy until two years ago. I'm 30. I'm also happily married and we have been together for almost 10 years. Recently, I got some extra cash for doing an odd job and decided to treat myself to a new toy. I didn't tell my husband about it when I bought it because I didn't think it was a big deal and he's always been supportive about empowering me to discover my own pleasure. But when this new one came in, he was really upset by it. When we talked about it, he said it made him feel emasculated and not wanted or like he can't measure up when I use sex toys. Apparently, I am only meant to discover my own pleasure in organic means. I tried to explain it isn't a replacement for him and there is no competition between a human and a robot, but just a different way I find self-love for my body and close the orgasm gap some. Am I the asshole in this scenario? If not, how can I help him understand female pleasure? I've been bringing them into the bed with us, but I think he's still missing the point because he's never been receptive to it. I mean, I find this very interesting. I also feel like your toes are probably curled up yes. nice and tight underneath Completely. the desk. Because Completely. whose mum started listening to the podcast last week? My mum! Al's mum! <laughs> Quote, you two are actually quite funny. Quite funny. <laughs> I was like, oh. Thanks. Well, take it. I'm, I'm, I'm taking that with both hands and running. Me too, me too. Uh, well, I'm thinking, I would like to know, I don't think she said, but does he masturbate? Because I'm what guessing he's saying he does. Is, it's okay for her to masturbate with her hand, but it's not okay. I think his beef is with the sex toys because he feels that he is being replaced. I, I've got a few options, um, a few thoughts. Mm. Um, Beducated is a really yes. good platform. And so mm. is a platform called Cheeks, get, like Get Cheeks, like C-H-E-E-X. Um, and both of these are like, I mean, Cheeks is more of like a sort of ethical porn site, um, whereas bed, mm. but, but it also has an educational arm to it. And then Beducated is more like just educational. Um, but that might help you in terms of like helping him to understand things like Beducated particularly have like courses that you can do with your partner. That's like, I guess you could do like introducing toys and stuff and like, and that I'm sure the conversation is part of that. So that might be worth checking out. Um, but then I guess like, I, 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 for me, I would, you, you mentioned in your email, the orgasm gap. And I think like that would probably be like the crux of a conversation that I'd have with him and be like, look, I'm not, trying to replace you. I've been married to you for 10 years. Like, obviously yeah. I love you. And obviously, like, you... This is the thing, I think, about partners that you need to try and hammer home to them. It's like, you want me to enjoy sex with you. Like, if you respect me and you love me, then you need me to enjoy sex with you. Because otherwise, the balance is really fucked up. Like, mm. it, it, there's no... No loving, balanced relationship should, should be in a place where a man is happy knowing that he's enjoying sex, but his wife isn't speaking heteronormatively. Right. Just right. in this example. So I yeah. think maybe just trying to reiterate to him kindly that 
obviously he wants her to enjoy sex and this will help. And I think find the statistics, find, I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I think it's about 80% of women can't orgasm penetrat- 80% of women can't orgasm penetratively. Um, they're like, there are, you know, do your, do your research on it, but there are statistics plenty of statistics to show that it is harder for women to orgasm and just explain to him that this is going to help and if this is going to help then that's going to help them both and it's going to help their sex lives and there's fun ways that you can do stuff together and he can use it on you or he can you know watch you or whatever it is like it's you can say look I'm not sneaking off afterwards and using this like we'll use it together but you want me to enjoy it yeah, it's 18% of women who are... Only 18% of women are able to climax during intercourse from vaginal penetration alone. Wow. See, maybe it's just explain to him, look, if we were having sex, if I had a wand as well, I may be able to orgasm as, you know, like, you you two work together. Yeah, like, and surely he wants... And he will want that. He, he will want that. But yeah. I think you have to explain, and it's frustrating, I do feel... I get a bit annoyed with, like, women having to just carry their husband's egos when it comes to this sort of thing and really massage them just in order to get a very... to to have the right to do whatever the fuck they want with their bodies, actually. It doesn't... It does slightly stress me out. But anyway... um, And that's no shade to your husband because the fact is, is he feels like that because he's grown up in a society that's taught him that he should be enough. And so they do feel threatened. And I think it's really sad and frustrating Mm. for them that they, that they feel sad because that they feel threatened because they shouldn't do. And if we had good sex ed, they wouldn't, they'd understand that it takes women a little bit more and they'd understand that's not to do with them. And it's not his fault, but it it is unfortunate for women that we have to really, you know, play this right but I think saying to him explaining to him that yeah that this is for the good of your sex life and yeah I hope he would change his mind I feel I feel like this question comes up a lot like in different guises and I always struggle with the balance of like body autonomy and women being able to do what they want with their bodies and then respecting their partner and their partner's boundaries and I always do struggle with this but maybe the compromise is education and like explaining explaining to them and just because you're right like they only they they only feel this way because they've grown up in a world that's like you know tells them that like that's all a woman needs yeah, they feel just, like they like, should stick just his do penis two, in. Yeah, two pumps. And they're just going to have an yeah, orgasm. Yeah, really screaming. Woo! Yeah, it's obviously Your not the case. Your willy's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he just needs to learn differently. But yeah, I do always... I, I've, I do actually genuinely not really understand... Not understand, but I don't know, like, at what point the lines blur. And I don't I don't know what the necessarily the correct I think it's answer is. But I think you're right, education. I think like if you would be comfortable with him masturbating without you, then he needs to be comfortable with you. And that is however oh, yeah. you want to do it. Like I think this quote unquote organic means thing is not fair. Um that's not like, fair. Because he, he, if, he, if he's comfortable with you doing it, then he has to be comfortable with you doing it however you want to do it because it's yeah. your body. Like So I feel like that's the boundary in a relationship. It's like, if you know what the other one's up to and you're okay with it, that's okay. It's going behind each other's backs that's difficult. But I think 
a lot of men project a lot of their insecurities onto sex toys and make them into this big bad thing. And it's like, grow up. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Yeah, I think I'm more compassionate if, I'm more compassionate if he's also not masturbating. Yeah. But, but if he is as well, then I lose, I lose, yeah. I lose, like, patience with that. Because you're both doing the same thing. You're both masturbating, and that's that's that. If he's if he can do it, so can you. I hate the word masturbating. Wanking. I yeah, really hope Mum's not listening to this one. <laughs> <laughs> masturbating. Yeah, I think yeah. you do need to have a conversation with him. But basically, I think the the crux of it should be: it, you want surely you want me to enjoy sex, and this will help. So. Like, yeah, take your ego away and actually find out what you want here. Like, if you're not leading with your ego, do you want me to enjoy sex? The answer is yes. So how can we facilitate that? Yeah. And we'll go from there. But have a look at those courses. Yeah, really good shout, actually. Beducators is really good. I've not I've not used Cheeks. I've not seen... I've not really explored Cheeks yeah, at all. Yeah, it's new I know I mean, it's, good. it's really cool. I'm about to work with them, actually, because they do ethical porn. Because obviously, yeah. like, there's just no porn for women out there. Really, and yeah. I think for whatever reason, a lot of women are less comfortable. I mean, obviously, watching like Pornhub and stuff, it's like that is so. It's mostly just porn made for the male gaze, but also yeah. there is no ethical. You know, Pornhub is a fucking a shit show of just wild west. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Um, so yeah, ethical porn like empower it, it like made by women for women. You know that kind of sense of empowerment. Like I think that's really cool and really in, integral part of this conversation because women do need to have the confidence to be able to say in relationships that what they want and what they deserve and what they enjoy because mm. we aren't taught women aren't taught to enjoy sex and I that is one of the things in this life that I find so distressing because if you don't actively teach a woman how to enjoy sex what you're basically teaching her is that she won't enjoy it and if she doesn't enjoy it then why the fuck is she having it and then the issue of consent is like oh my god that really stresses me out so i think it's really important that that women find sexual Mm. empowerment so yeah check them both out but i think i might have i'll have a link soon on my instagram for the cheeks thing so if you can wait hang in there Um, i think that was really good advice well done. Yeah, I, we did. We did well there. Yeah, you did well there. <laughs> I know. But you, I, just I, I by can virtue say, I can of our see relationship, your mum like standing over your shoulder, like in ghost form, <laughs> no, preventing like, you from speaking. Don't stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Don't you dare! <laughs> My mum obviously will be listening, and she's just gonna have to buckle up. I have a baby now. I think she knows I have sex. Yeah, probably. I think I think she might have cottoned on to something. <laughs> my sisters have babies, but I I think my mum thinks it was like what immaculate conception. A sparrow? Um, no, not a sparrow. A stork. God, a, yeah, a sparrow would be weighed down by a baby. Sparrows are tiny. Be like, oh god, this is so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like dragging the baby along the floor. They the load I. <laughs> The load I have to bear. <laughs> Heaving it down the street. <laughs> Using its tiny little beak and tiny little claws. Did someone ask for a fucking baby? <sighs> oh. 
<laughs> okay. Gear change. <laughs> is it diet culture or am I too sensitive? Hi. Obviously, I love the podcast. I feel like whenever anyone asks, am I being too sensitive? They're probably They're not. not. being too sensitive. I agree. Um, like that Unless quote. it's you. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's me, in which case I'm probably being too sensitive. Um, sorry if this is long and rambly, but I didn't know who else to talk to about this. And you guys were the first people who came to mind. That's really sweet. Aww, thank um, you. Misguided, but sweet. I suffered <laughs> a knee injury a couple months ago playing f- uh, football. Amazing. And unfortunately, I need surgery to fix it. Not amazing. But I can't do any kind of impact sport running or football etc as my knee can't take it i've seen i've seen two surgeons recently and the second one i saw told me that i need to lose some weight before my surgery i smiled and nodded in the appointment yes of course but as soon as i came out i cried not because of the surgery but because he told me in my eyes that i was too fat i probably do need to lose some weight sorry too shaped by diet culture but i've not been able to exercise properly for a few months and that's negatively impacted me as well over the last two few days all i've been able to think about is the needing to lose weight comment my boyfriend is reassuring and counteracting my i'm fat with no you're not etc My mum doesn't think it's an insult and says I should use it for motivation to lose weight. To me, this is a really cutting insult, even though I feel that it's true. I got my letter detailing the consultation with this surgeon and was again upset by the description. The first female surgeon stated, on examination, a young lady of average build. The second male surgeon states, on examination, this lady is overweight. I was the same weight at both consultations. Having previously had an eating disorder and only just healing my relationship with food, even if this means I have put on weight, these comments just hurt. Now I have started to have intrusive thoughts about how to lose weight, rebellious thoughts of I'm fine, how how I am, but also I want the surgery to be a success so I can play football again and then get my fitness back on track, which will probably mean I lose weight unintentionally. And by being too sensitive about this, is it okay for the doctor to say it as it's in best interest for the surgery any ideas of what to do to lose some weight without spiraling back into my ed oh bless you this is so hard this is so horrible um you're not being too sensitive and you need to ask your surgeon like but why why do i need to lose weight can you give me the reasons because and and often that question will stump them because weight stigma is just a part of our medical system and it's unfortunately the first thing that doctors turn to without really understanding why someone being what they deem as overweight is impactful on their health so ask him say okay you say I need to lose weight for the surgery can you just tell me why yeah I also think the fact that I mean you asked like is it okay that he said it unfortunately like yes in the context of medicine like it probably is okay that he said it because that's just kind of what doctors do but I think um you know that that's part of a wider conversation about whether doctors should be turning to weight but in this instance theoretically yes I, I would say it probably is okay that he said it even if it's not nice does that make sense like yeah but I and and I know what you mean but I I do think like unless there is a valid reason behind saying it well I suspect there isn't a valid reason because (laughs) what I mean is he may well have said that to a a male patient who hasn't been exposed to diet culture in the same way and the male culture the male patient might look at the fact that he's had two consultations and one said nothing about the weight and said you're an average build and the second guy said oh well you could do with losing a bit of weight and probably thought on balance, yeah, 
I'm not going to bother losing weight. The first person said I was sort of average build and the second one said you could probably do with losing it, not like you have to or we won't do it. You know, if it was like some massive ultimatum, then yeah. And I'm not, I absolutely don't think you're being too sensitive, but I do think that you have um, so much context to to what he's what he said to you that makes you hyper aware of it and upset by it where actually if it had been said to somebody else they may well have just been able to go what do you know like you don't know I mean I'm here for my knee not for my weight or whatever and and not thought too much about it so yeah like I don't think it's I don't think it's your sensitivity because it's not your fault at all um and and I wish people had a bit more sensitivity to particularly women's weight. I just can't believe that doctors still don't know the effect that something like that has can have. This is the thing. It's like twofold, isn't it? Because like the first issue is saying it in the first place without backing it up. Because if a doctor, if if you do need to lose weight for a health reason, then you need to know that and the doctor needs to tell you that and then you you're you're armed with that information then this is what i need to do and let's go about it if if there is a genuine reason behind it but if you're just saying it as a throwaway comment of like oh you could probably do with losing some weight not knowing the patient's history of of potential eating disorders and also you know knowing what we do know now about how intentional weight loss actually harms health rather than rather than improves health and it's just and and I think that the other thing as well is like the just the the lack of sensitivity you know because if and and if this this you know if someone does have to lose weight genuinely has to lose weight then I just feel like it should be approached given the context given our surroundings and given what we know now about how sensitive this is for so many of us I just feel like the conversation should be handled with a lot more care and sensitivity. So I feel, I, I just want to go back because I feel a bit bad. I feel like I might have made you feel like it is your fault or insinuated that it is. And I think what I was trying to say is like, on, on an individual level, I just want to be able to help you in this scenario rather than like, because I think medically, like everything else just said, like it's, it isn't fair that he said it. But I think in practical terms, like this is your reality right now. And I just want you to feel the best about it. So what I, what I mean is like maybe thinking about it in the, if you can, Think about it like you're some, like someone who's never, that sounds impossible, I don't know. But I just, I would hold on to the fact that the first person said you're of average build and not overthink the second comment at all and just be like, okay, well, that's just a, an opinion. And it's so common. Oh my God, it is so common. Like I, I'm going to tell this story as well. I actually told in the, in the book. Um, so a few years ago, I went to a dermatologist for my eczema and what he wanted to prescribe me this medication for it this this cream for it he said are you on are there any other medications and so I said oh I'm on esomeprazole which is what I take for acid reflux probably I mean I I don't know it's kind of it's I'm not entirely sure why I have acid reflux but I suspect the years of bulimia have not helped that situation so I take uh, acid reflux medication so I said that and he's looked at me and went why what for I said acid reflux and he said you need to balance your weight you need to lose five to ten kilograms you won't have acid reflux anymore right and this was on this was on holiday I was I was visiting my parents in Cyprus and I had done this was this was a few years ago but I'd I'd done a lot of work around my body image and I was actually feeling so good like the the best 
to up to that point that I'd ever felt. And I was like wearing a bikini and feeling okay about it and just feeling like, oh my God, I can actually embrace this body that I'm in right now. And this, and it felt like revolutionary and, and amazing. And that one comment, I like it, like triggered, triggered me like so badly that I went straight back to suddenly, like I literally felt this, like the self-consciousness, like, like swoop over me. And suddenly I was like, oh my God, my body's awful. It's horrible. I need to lose weight. It's... But you know what? The As time went on, I realized that man doesn't know anything about me. He doesn't know my history. He has absolutely no idea. He doesn't know what weight is healthy for me. He doesn't know what my natural, you know, set range is. He has no idea. He's just guessing he's been to medical school and he's you know he's been told at some point that losing weight will help your chance you know that 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 having weight around your stomach can can you know exacerbate acid reflux and so he's you know I think I think we can basically what I'm saying is that like when I realized that I was able to take a step back and be like do you know what this is advice that I'm not going to follow. He doesn't know anything about me. He doesn't know what's best for me. I'm not going to take his advice. I am going to just leave that there. And it's nothing to do with me and my body. And I'm not going to let it impact my relationship, but it is really difficult. And I, I so get it because I felt like stunned when this man said that to me. And I feel like one comment like that can undo so much work and yeah. so much hard work that you've done. And obviously we put on when somebody says one thing, and this can be in any situation. We receive that with our lenses, with our baggage, with our everything. This guy will not have thought anything. He probably says it to probably says it to all the girls, but he right. probably says it to every single patient. You know, like if if doctors are, which they do, using the BMI scale, which as we know is hugely outdated, the vast majority of us are overweight. So he's exactly. probably just saying it because he just says it to everybody. And he won't have thought twice. You may well go back to him and say, do I really need to lose weight? I've, you know, whatever. And he'll go, oh, well, no, it just might make your recovery a bit easier, which I suspect will be the case. Mm. Mm. Um, so... Um, for me, I'd say the fact the first person said that you're of average build, you're of average build. Just listen to her. But good luck with the knee operation. It's I, I and I actually just to, just to say as well, like I can, it, I I find it really. It's a very vulnerable place that you're in. Like obviously, I haven't been able to exercise, kind of for different reasons with um mm. with my jaw first and then getting pregnant and all of this stuff. And it's like it's hard. Um, diet diet culture aside, it's hard having something that you perceive to be wrong with your body when you can't handle it in a way that you're used to. Like I think exercise is such an integral part to so many of our lives and our balance. And maybe, you know, we have to have a bit of unpicking to do with why we do it or whatever, or why we like our body a certain way. But fundamentally for me, exercise makes me feel really good and it makes me look a way that I like as well. And so when you lose both, when you lose it and then somebody says, oh, well, you have to do this. And you just think, oh my God, but I... I've lost what I love and the, you know, and like I completely get that it really puts you in an absolute spin. So I think you're in a very vulnerable position anyway, mentally, because you haven't got your football or you're running. So um, yeah, like be extra kind to yourself basically with how you feel about your body and with why you're being triggered and stuff. Because I think without having your coping, yeah, like if you're anything like me, then exercise is a big part of your coping. And if you haven't got that, then you have to give yourself some extra grace because it's a tough, it's a tough, tough time. And a t- little bit of reassurance is that this is one of the most common things, I fi- common scenarios that I find in my inbox. People saying, 
like have you got any advice i've just been to the doctors and i've been told this and that like the 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 facts are that the you know the the bmi as we know is outdated and it's a very unreliable system on a on a um, collective basis however our medical system is founded on it so that means that a lot of people are being told that they're overweight and that they need to lose weight when it's actually not the case and they're just they're they're in the body that they're supposed to be in so a bit of reassurance that you are definitely not alone and this happens all the time like so 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 often um just just you know dismiss what that man said and don't use the other, use another surgeon use the other yeah surgeon. if you have to see him again if, if he is your surgeon you have to see him again then like Al said go back and say why what for like can you t- can you explain that comment please because I've seen another surgeon they said I'm fine and they may well just he may well just go oh yeah don't whatever he probably will just be like oh well you know it might make your recovery easier because it's just like exactly check, and check exactly and it's something pretty generic and vague but you know sending a lot of love that's really it's really horrible it's not and good situation. luck for your knee operation let's finish off with an email entitled my funny c-section story which is quite apt yeah one, for this one group. of those please Hi everyone, I've been an avid listener since day one. Uh, oh my god, an OG, an OG. Honestly love it and have recommended it to so many people, but I've never written in before. Oh, there we go, first time. I was just listening to the latest episode, Em's first one back. Huge congratulations, Em. And when Em was saying how magical seeing baby Arlo being lifted up was, it reminded me of my own experience and I thought you'd appreciate my C-section story. I had an elective C-section with my son. As a surgeon lifted him up for us to see him for the first time, he, my son, decided to have his first we and thanks to the epidural i couldn't move so it flew through the air and landed all over my face and neck the whole room erupted in in laughter and one midwife said i've never seen that before it was a moment i'll never forget and not just because i was so happy to finally meet him oh my god (laughs) men my goodness Uh, the audacity jesus straight out the womb womb. marking their territory instantly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> literally <laughs> oh my god so good so yeah that's quite that's quite an entrance to the world i like it oh bless it. yeah i think I've, I've had real words of honor done that to me mind you i think when a, when a little girl weaves it just it's gone all down the surgeon's yeah. hands so it wouldn't have been my Aww. problem <laughs> little dribble <laughs> also when you said he like he had a wee i was like imagining the surgeon <laughs> i know <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> <laughs> um lol, lol, lol. well congratulations on your Brilliant. baby um, yes congratulations thank you for a lovely is it just me Al? we will be back yes. on monday monday see you then monday just another manic monday i wish it was son great song anyway see you later <laughs> bye see you on monday bye thank you so much for listening should i delete that it's part of the acast creator network <laughs>